Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Houston shows their championship quality with a road win against Baylor. Basically icing the Big 12 championship race. Iowa State stays one game back. Just barely, though, Oklahoma at the buzzer in the last regular season version of Bedlam. K-State picks up a big win as well. UCF wins at home. Busy Saturday in the Big 12 in college hoops. We'll get to all of it on today's Big 12 Watch. I am Josh Neighbors. I am your host here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and you all can find us on YouTube as well. You all can also find us on X slash Twitter, at NWPod365, at Josh Neighbors underscore. Guys, this week I thought I was going to shake the 500 Blues. So far this year in Big 12 basketball uh, best bets, I am 14, 14, And four. Yesterday, we started off with Houston winning, covering two and a half. K-State plus one. Obviously, they get the job done outright. Oklahoma State minus one, which would have been a push. But, you know, I guess, yeah, it would have been a push. Get the shot at the buzzer. That loses. And also, Texas Tech for a half. Looked like they were right there with UCF. Second half, things fell apart for them. So, a two and two week, we're 16, 16, and four on the season. Not money making, but it's right at 500, obviously. In a league, it's this difficult you can tell uh you know it, it can be challenging but yeah i mean we have to talk about what happened yesterday it was a fun day across all of college basketball the best game of the day yesterday you can make an argument bedlam was i think the the game between the two best teams that had the best result the best I and mean, just the best quality of play overall was houston and baylor those looked like two teams that could win a national championship going head-to-head those are definitely two teams that could go to a final four Houston. We know they've got final four quality Baylor. We've been pretty sure about it. I think yesterday solved it for me. And here's why <clears throat> as good as Houston was. And I, I think I saw the graphic once overtime started Houston had led for 38 plus minutes of the game. I think in overtime Baylor. I'm not even sure. I guess Baylor led in regulation for a second for a little bit. I forget if they did or not. But it was essentially 38-plus minutes to Houston, 23 seconds to Baylor, and Baylor was still in that game. And um, and I thought Houston actually played a pretty damn good game considering they were on the road in that environment. I know the three-point shooting for them wasn't there totally, um, but I think the defense was clearly there. They forced 19 turnovers. And despite all of that, you know, it's Jamal Shad hits the shot at the buzzer too, my God. Um we are a Massey missed free throw away from them losing the game. Now we're also seconds away, you know, a millisecond away from shed winning the game too. But if that Massey free throw goes down, you know, uh, who knows how the shot sets up for the shot sets up for Jamal shed. But the fact that Baylor was a free throw away from winning that basketball game to me was really impressive. And, And the reason why I was so impressed with Baylor is this because once again, like we know Houston, I've talked about a lot in this show. And so I'll get to them in one second. I want to start with the losing side though, because I think what Baylor showed in this loss was that 
they they started diagnosing Houston's defense really well, and they had the personnel to attack it. I, I thought Jim Spinarco made a really good point during the game where he said you need to use the entire floor if you're going to beat Baylor, or if you're going to beat Houston, rather. And that's true because you need to be able to attack every single different part of the floor because they cover space so effectively. And also, Houston's really good at forcing you to the spaces where they want you to get. And so I think Baylor wants to you know, keep their guards at the top, but they want to swing to the wings. They want to swing to the corners. They want to get guys open. And Baylor was 10 for 25 from three today. They had some of their misses. They hit some tough ones, though. They did some tough threes in this game. But when I watch what Baylor does really well is they pushed in transition when they needed to because Houston's so good in the half court on defense. Baylor did a good job pushing in transition. They do such an excellent job of moving on the wings. Guys switching spots, right? The, the defense, you know, you'll have two guys in the wing and they'll be in transition. Let's just say the, the guys bring the ball up on the left side in transition. Jalen Bridges and Ray J. Dennis might switch places. And so if you have a team like Houston that's going to play majority man, like they could switch that. But if they didn't see it happen, you'll see a situation where a guy will look over and he's kind of surprised because it's it's it might be he might have been covering the guy in the right space, right? But it's a different guy than he had before. And it's almost surprising to him because oh, I've lost my man. Or um, you know, bridges will go in the spaces between the two defenders on the wing, and those guys can't recover fast enough. Baylor has the personnel to break guys down off the dribble. They have the personnel, too, on the outside to knock down the threes. And they've got an interior presence in Missy, which I thought Roberts played a tremendous game for Houston tonight. I thought Justin Roberts, 17 points, six steals, eight rebounds, four assists. He was the star of the game in 40 minutes, I think, for – for uh, I know Sharp led them in scoring and hit some big shots, too. But I thought that Roberts was the big key – um, for them. And I thought on defense, he was excellent, but Messi is a guy that goes in there and I know he was one for five, but the, the basket he did hit was the biggest basket of the game, right? And the four turnovers too, like he had outplayed Messi did, but it, he, he did make a key play in a key spot that put them in a you know, position where they could have won the game and missed the free throw, obviously. But even though he played terribly, like he was still a factor late in the game. So got outplayed. Yes. But the fact that Baylor got two points from their bench, and was still almost able to win this game was really impressive. That's the one thing also that that we know that that Houston brings that some of these other Big 12 teams don't, the depth, right? They end up getting in this game uh, 12 points from their bench, and they get uh, six from Tugler. Uh, they get three from Wilson and then three from Dunn. But still, the fact that you're able to get 12 points off your bench and Baylor only got two, really impressive to me. So Houston not just showing the final four. They're a one seed. They're the best team in the Big 12. And also now, Kelvin Sampson, to me, folks, is the national coach of the year. If you look at the teams that have succeeded this year, and just look at the top 25, you know, Houston, I mean, uh, uh, UConn, you could give Hurley credit and say he is. Um, Houston's right there at number two. Purdue at number three. Uh, four is Arizona. Five is Tennessee. TJ Otzelberger, definitely get a look at number six in the country right now. Um, Shaka Snart, probably not. John Shire's done a great job. They lost yesterday. Bill Self, and then also uh, um, uh, our guy at Carolina, uh, Davis. Right, so that's your top 10. And, the, and those are kind of typically where your coach of the year is going to come from. It is Kelvin Sampson. He is he should be the national coach of the year this year. Now, I don't know if he has won one before. Let me check to see if he has. 
uh, and his coaching awards. AP Coach of the Year, 1995 for Kelvin Sampson. NABC Coach of the Year in 2002. Uh, you know, it, it'd be crazy to see a guy basically win the award 30 years apart. I mean, if that's not excellence in coaching, I don't know what is. And say what you want about Kelvin Sampson, the person, but the fact that he's got a group that's this good. And guys, this is the run that Houston basketball is on since 1890. I'll go even go 17, 18, 27 and 8, 33 and 4, 23 and 8, 28 and 4, 32 and 6. And this year, they're better than they were last year in a better conference. And it's one of the most loaded years this conference has ever had. And they're going on the road. I mean, the one big road blemish for them, obviously, they have two road blemishes, but I wouldn't say the Iowa State game was a big road blemish. They got handled against Kansas. They really did get handled against Kansas. But that fact they were road favorites in that game was crazy. They were favorites again here. And I thought, look, like usually in a tight game where you like both coaches and both teams have pretty good personnel, um, you know, both teams have pretty good personnel like that. And you feel like the coaching matchup's pretty even. You're going to take the home team. But Houston just has a little bit more of an advantage at the guard spot. And look, Jamal Shedd did not play, I thought, one of his better games today. Uh, or yesterday, rather. Baylor. Shooting-wise, he was 5 of 17. He had 12 and 10, so 10 assists, really good. But um, I thought he had some bad turnovers. I thought the one turnover that he um, uh, the one late turnover was really, really bad. Uh, or one second half that he had, and then he missed an assignment on the defensive end. Like, I, I did not think this was the best Jamal Shedd game that we've seen this season, but he hung in there at five for 17 once again. Sharp was huge. The pair of threes that he hit were huge. Emmanuel Sharp, the sophomore from Tampa. Uh, you know, he's a player averaging 13 points a game. Feels like if he stays in school, man, like this is going to be a guy that uh, Big 12 player of the year, maybe kind of written all over him. He's a key critical player for them. He's a young guy. He's going to take over that mantle, it feels like, you know, and Jamal Shedd does leave. Also, he's got some pretty good size at 6'3", 205. So uh, between – and Cryer hits three big threes as well, uh, three for eight on the day, three for seven from deep, and six of six from the line, right? And also, their guard, I mean, they had a great day free throw shooting. They were 18 of 21. That was a big equalizer as well, especially in overtime. They made their free throws. Um and one thing about the officiating too, we got to mention, like they let these guys figure it out. They let these guys solve this thing between them. There were 36 fouls called in this game. They could have called maybe 70. Um, they did not. I want to juxtapose that to the game that I watched yesterday at the same time for my uh, other, other job covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, and I just want to let you guys know, we should be grateful for the officials that we have in this league because this game yesterday, let's see, 28 fouls for Missouri compared to 22 fouls for Arkansas. Quick math, that's 50, 50 fouls in that game. I can guarantee you this game was just as and most likely more physical. AM versus uh, Arkansas the previous night, 26 plus 27, that's uh, 53 fouls. So aren't we glad we're in a league where they let the guys figure it out? Could be bad in the tournament because they're not going to let all that shit go. Uh, they call a lot more fouls, and Houston was guilty of this. I thought Baylor was guilty of it too. There was the one where I think it was Roberts in the baseline, where Missy was banging on him, banging on him, and Roberts hits the tough right hander. And you're like, there's just no universe, and that's not a foul. Absolutely not. And there was the one where the Baylor guy goes, I forgot who it was, goes to the rim. And I think Roberts just absolutely clotheslines him. Referee's like, let's play that. And I appreciate that. It felt like they were pretty consistent with that. Some fans on either side might not. Might not agree, but 
Last year, I was skeptical about there being Final Four championship quality teams. I actually feel like now there might be two. Baylor always worried about, I think they can do it, though. They can get more out of Missy. Think they can do it. They just can't fall in a hole like that before. But they, they got better attacking the middle of the floor, attacking different spaces, making threes, uh, you know, hitting critical shots. They did a better job of that as the game went along. Uh, when it comes to the Big 12 title race, let's mention Iowa State next 71-64. This was not a pretty game. They end up getting the job done um, for them. You know, it's just kind of that like balanced offensive effort that they just needed to have. Uh, you know, across the board, it wasn't like anybody stood out in particular. And I will say this. West Virginia shot the ball really well. They did not take care of the basketball. For, in a game where West Virginia shot 48% from the floor, 42% from three, and 83% from the line. And you will say Iowa State shot 45, 32, and 67. And they'd say, wow, West Virginia might have, uh, you know, could have won this game. Plus 10 in turnovers for Iowa State. They shot the ball. And I say this a lot, guys. Basketball sometimes is just math. Westford or Iowa State rather shot the ball 14 more times. They shot the ball at 45%. If you're going to shoot that well and you're going to give yourself an extra 14 attempts, you're going to probably end up scoring more points. All right. Um, that's 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 kind of the bottom line here with this. So the fact that you're able to get those uh, shot attempts because of the defense is what helps you. But now Iowa State 21 and 6. Still just one game behind the Big 12 championship race. It is still a race. This thing is not over yet. But I'm going to show you all the, the picture right now um, of this. Boom. So it's Iowa State and Houston right there at the top. TCU has played themselves back into third place at eight and eight and six, third place in the league. Shows you how good the league is. Uh, three teams there at eight and six. And, uh, excuse me, third place, uh, TCU. Yeah. Right there at three games back, Kansas is two, but without Kevin McCullough, I think we're pretty skeptical of how this thing is, is, is going to go for them. Uh, and I think we should be, all right, let's talk more about what happened yesterday. Let's go to the Bedlam game. Cause Bedlam was just that it was absolute madness. Um, this game was fantastic. Uh, and, and as these games usually are weird, strange game. And then JV and McCullum, Hits the big three and a tough night, as you can see for him, five of 16, but you get five different players with 10 plus points. There's a bit more of a balance. It feels like for Oklahoma than there has been in the past relying on one or two guys. And, and look, you see Oklahoma state guys shot the hell out of the ball from the floor. They didn't shoot well from three. So you're seeing two teams shot the ball well on the floor. Didn't shoot well from three and didn't shoot the free throws particularly well. Uh, they just kind of solved it there, there at the end and, and a really difficult shot from McCollum. You feel bad because Oklahoma state, you know, has been battling this year. They could have gotten to five and nine with this win, which uh, to me, you know, like it's pretty impressive where they started from and that would have put them at 13 and 14 overall, which fighting back to 500, but for OU, they've been slipping recently. Uh, this is, you know, on, on bracket lines, they have been slipping. So for Oklahoma to go out there and get this win, really impressed by Porter Mosier's group. It's kind of almost a typical Oklahoma experience, but I think it's a big win for them going on the road and getting the job done. Uh, talk about big wins. I'm on women's basketball now. Big win yesterday for K-State. This, if they want to make a tournament run and stay alive, this was a game they absolutely had to win. They beat BYU at home. They do it thanks to 28-10 and 10 with four assists from Arthur Kaluma, who had a wonderful, spectacular game. He's a very good player. He can be hit or miss at times, uh, but also you see the effort. I mean, just everywhere he was so effective on the day. 
and having a four assist game, having the ball 30, you know, they're playing out there for 39 minutes and beating a team in BYU that we know is very, very good. Having them come into your house and, you know, you lost in your house last week. Uh, this was huge. And you shot the ball well from three. Uh, you shot the ball, well, obviously, from the floor. A lot of that had to do with Kaluma pounding the ball inside, him getting to the line. And so you had nice nights from Carter and Perry. Uh, distribution for those guys was good. I mean, look at this. You made 27 baskets. You assisted on 20 of them. That's great basketball. That's really what you want to see. And you look at it the other way, you know, a 19 assist and 29 made hoops. BYU does a great job of sharing the ball as well. But K-State getting to 16 and 11 overall, 6 and 8 in the league. You go to Bracketology. Uh, I don't don't believe they're on the list right now. Yeah, they're not for Joe Lenardi. So you're not seeing them. He has not updated since Friday. But I, I think you might see Cincinnati drop off here. I think you could see K-State come up and make a push. Wake Forest is going to jump in. AM is the last four in, and they got to jump, they got to find their way out because they lost to Arkansas the other night and they, they got they got dog walked by Tennessee, which I don't think it's that bad. But Ole Miss just lost too. Didn't see what Utah Butler did, those teams. So uh I think K-State still still got a shot. Outside shot, yes, but they still had a shot to make the NCAA tournament. Also, yesterday, Kansas comes up big and beats uh Texas. The big news out of this game is Kevin McCuller might be done for the season. Bill Self said he's not even sure he's going to get them. He's going to get him back this uh, this season. So that means other guys are going to have to step up in this game, and they did. Dewan Harris scoring output seven for 11, 14 and six. Dickinson has the big night, twenty points on the evening, and also too uh, the fact that you know they they we saw a bit more of uh, of. Of El Arco, well, Malco Jackson plays a good amount, but uh, Jamari McDowell was the one that we we saw a bit more yesterday. Uh, the freshman played 15 minutes, scored five points, see two steals, three rebounds as well. KU just had a really effective shooting day. Texas is not as tough defensively uh, as I think you know. Obviously, to, they'd want to be as Rodney Terry would want them to be. Um, but yeah, this game was a 20 point game in the first half. And then Kansas basically walked the finish line to keep themselves ostensibly in the big 12 championship hunt, but it doesn't really feel like they actually are, uh, TC over Cincinnati. This is one that Cincinnati probably had to have TCU 75 Cincinnati 57 TCU feels like they're back on good footing now. Uh, and you can see a nice night from Emmanuel Miller, uh, Cincinnati kind of seems like they are, they are, you know, one of those new teams in the league that is losing steam, right? It, it just seems like now that the wheels are coming all the way off, but things are starting to slow down for them in a pretty considerable way. Uh, and it's tough to keep that up. UCF, though, scores a nice win at home. They're 14 and 12, five and nine in the conference. Feels like they're gonna have a chance to be a NIT team. Uh, and they might, they might, you know, uh, deserve that. Uh, the defense for them was the big story. And once again, guys, I look at Pop Isaac shooting. He was three for 12, one of eight from deep. He has been terrible shooting the basketball this year. And then Joe Toussaint was as well. They cannot absorb two bad games from their guards. It was close in the first half. And then second half, they just, for defensively, um, UCF stepped it up. And offensively, they stepped it up too. So it was great to see the Knights get a win there. All right, let me know what you all think about the weekend in Big 12 basketball. You all can find us once again, X slash Twitter, at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. All right, folks, talk at you next time.